17 seconds. This is KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340 La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Approaching six minutes past the hour, stay tuned for the Saturday special next with your host, MZ. And now, here is MZ. Aaron, how are you feeling today? Be honest. A little frazzled, but I'm fine. Why? Is something terrible happening? No, 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 no. Just the usual. We, we you know, I know you. Uh, you like to say that we uh, we don't have any any unintelligent people listening to our station. But after the uh, calls we got on the food chain today, I beg to differ with you on that. Oh well, we have to uh, put on the headphones, Andy, so you can hear, and Mom too. <clears throat> So, you know, we need to make that the topic of a Saturday special. I think we should. Should, should we change, should we relax that rule? Should we relax that rule and, and allow uh, uh, less than, you know, intelligent people to listen to KSCO or not? Because it seems to be happening anyhow, according to you, yes? Uh, abso- absolutely. You know, uh, we had one gentleman call in and, uh, Stated what he wanted to talk about, which is right on topic, gets on air and goes into this whole conspiracy theory thing. And it just took not only I, but Olson and everybody else for quite a quite a run. So well, the guy, <laughs> so he sunk the he sunk our program, huh? Oh, but, oh, yeah, pretty much. But uh, you know, Olson, he he's good in a pinch, and he just took him off. I see. So all right, I would like to. Well, I don't know if that's a if maybe. There can be intelligent people who are also devious people and lying people. Sure, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Well, and before we go any further, I would like to say, you know, thank you to our sponsors, the California Grill and Freedom, Los Animas Concrete here in Santa Cruz, and Reverse Man Dan, who you can contact at 423-2900 or reversemandan.com. If you want a reverse mortgage, which means you have to be, I think, 62 or older. That's right. I qualify. For a reverse mortgage, I'm so excited. Yeah, what, Ma, I do. I qualify for a reverse mortgage well, because I am well, exactly 62. Well, why don't you tell us what a uh, reverse mortgage is? It's where it's where the the bank pays you every month instead of you pay the bank. I like that. Yeah, but you sort of you sort of give them dibs on your on on your house, you know, for when you croak. And oh. right up until you croak, they pay you. Oh, and they hope so you, you croak sooner so they don't have to pay you very long. Oh. You know? There's always a catch, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So how are you today? I'm good. You're here to sign books and stuff? Yes. And and go and help Dave, help help be moral support for poor, Dave, poor oh, beleaguered oh, Dave. All the minerals and vitamins that he's... He's exposing are very exciting. That guy is really on fire. I mean, yeah. he is. I've people have heard me say this before, including you, uh, Aaron, that Dave is an octopus. He is not a human. He is an octopus. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. He actual. He can. He is the most multitasking human I have ever met, and he sits in your seat where you are right now during the afternoon drive time. Pilots flight 1080. He's the pilot in command. And that's a very, very fast-moving show. And he manages to, to, to fix people up 
and with their longevity product needs, just even while he's doing the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he does it. I, I give him 100% credit for it. And it's, then he comes again on Saturday. Well, this Saturday he's here today. He is he is out in the garage as we speak. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a huge shipment came in of products during Wonderful. the week. And he when people aren't here... He's going to be, um, you know, organizing those products that came in so he can find them. Uh-huh. Uh, and when people come here, then he will take very, very good care of them. And, you know, if he if they buy enough or if they do, um, if they, you know, if he likes you enough, I guess he'll give you some free stuff, maybe even including your book. Or should people buy your book and then they get free, you know, minerals and vitamins? What do you think? No. It doesn't matter. Way. You'd rather people get a free book. And if they do it today, then, you know, between uh, well, what, right up why? until noontime, then you'll be here to, to inscribe the book, right? Yeah, but why do you say a free book? If they buy I enough products, them? if they buy oh. enough, if they buy enough longevity products, which is good for them, their health uh-huh. and length of time, presumably, that they have left on this planet. Okay, well, I'll leave that decision up to you then. And Dave, and actually, Dave. Dave. And Good. Carry on. Okay. Well, the way we carry on is by starting the program like so. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. Don't forget. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperature. Get up and go, it's today you know on KSCO Radio. Alright, are you ready? Are you ready for a fun Saturday special? Don't all answer at once, but I think I hear you saying... Yes. Yes, yeah, everybody's interested in a fun Saturday special. Last week we had a really good one, but it was sort of depressing, you know, because it was all about suicide and depression and so forth, so why wouldn't that be depressing? And we were going to do another, well, I'll, I'll finish. Good morning, now stay right here on KSCO Radio. As I was beginning to say, the way things were shaping up is we were going to have another Saturday depressing special. But... Clearer minds prevailed, and I, I, I'm hoping we're going to have a fun Saturday special today. What do you have in store? Andy is here. <laughs> well, I hope I can be a, a lot of fun for everyone. Yeah, uh, Andy. Now, you might recognize that voice as a fairly frequent caller to KSCO uh, programs, and a quite a frequent emailer to uh, Rosie and me. (laughs) And it's always, the emails are always very um, serious subjects. But it's great to see that the man who brings up serious subjects has a smile on his face um, and has a sense of humor. Because you almost have to, right? With all the you know, misery going on, you know, in, in, the, in the world. And you know, the misery going on in Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah. So, so listen, we'll just, t- we'll just, we'll just open by, by, by giving, you know, your name and a little bit of your background 
and what you normally do and what we probably won't do today, unless it just sort of comes ev- if evolves. That happens, that happens. Sure. All right. Andy Carcello. Am I saying your name right? Or is yeah, it Carcello. 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 Oh, okay, right. great. It's Andy Carcello. And you've been on the Saturday special before. Uh, twice before, and uh-huh. it's been talking about, uh, well, geez, the last time it was the transient crime problem here in Santa Cruz. And, of course, various issues concerning the uh, homeless shelter that uh, I've been staying at for the last three years. So you are an actual resident of the Santa Cruz Homeless Shelter. Talk a little closer to the mic, if you can, Um, please, or pull it closer to you, if you would. Thanks. Um, I'm a resident of what they call the Page Smith community, which is a transitional housing uh, community. Uh, We're there from 18 to 24 months. Uh, the, The idea is to get us permanent housing somehow in, in Santa Cruz, which is always difficult. Yeah, the cost of everything is insane around here. Well, too, I, I know from, you know, I, I used to manage properties for my family, and uh, we used to rent apartments. And time and again, when we'd rent apartments to people and give them a break on the rent and whatnot, um, they would tear the place apart. Or they would invite people over there that would tear the place apart. And uh, I realized the difficulty landlords have in renting to people with vouchers and, you know, just generally the homeless community. Uh huh. So I, I've seen it from both sides here. Well, so you're, you're, were you born and raised in Santa Cruz? Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Santa Cruz. My dad's had a pharmacy here for 57 years. He passed away in 2002. It was Mission Pharmacy on uh, Bay and Mission. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we had a fountain and, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. A fountain, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that's coming back to me. That's not, that's sort of close to my stomping grounds. I grew up on Walnut Avenue. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's and right there. and uh, your, uh, Mission Pharmacy was at Bay and Mission. Bay basically. and Mission, the big yeah. white building there. Right. right. There's, a, there's a Donnelly's Chocolates, I think, is there now. Yeah, we remember right? when he first moved in there. Yeah, we, we owned the pharmacy and then the karate parlor. And then we owned all the way back to the parking lot and the, the house behind it, actually, at one time, a whole quarter block. Wow. And uh, your folks... Became ill, unfortunately, pretty close to each other, right? Yeah. Um, my dad was dying of cancer. My mom went into a local hospital in 1998. Somehow her aorta disintegrated on the operating table, and she came home with brain damage. I took care of her for three years along with my dad. Um, I finally had to put her in a nursing home, which costs an immense amount of money. And the uh, pharmacy... Uh, had to close, obviously, or be sold. Was it what happened? Yeah, it. Um, well, my dad just got so old, he actually couldn't raise his arms high enough above his head to get prescription bottles. Wow! So he finally uh, retired. I mean, he he was he was Fred Carcel, the owner of Mission Pharmacy, you know, and he didn't want to give that up. Right. Um, so uh, he passed away from cancer in 2002, and like I said, my mom had the uh, heart surgery that went bad. So all of that ultimately led to, you know, the the um, loss, I guess, of the of the family 
real estate and yeah. family action. And <clears throat> Let me start talking about this, and I guess we're going to get a little bit more serious here. <laughs> but, but but we try to yeah, j- yeah just okay. the background, just just the background, and then. Well, then let's let's get lighter, like we thought, like you and I talked okay, on the telephone. Sure, sure. And uh, if everybody wants to bring it back to 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 the to the darker instead of the lighter, then I guess we'll go with the flow. All right. Um, well, let's 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 go light. Um, Jeez. Them's were good old days, huh? You know. Well, what, what, what year were you born? I was born in 1957. I'm adopted. My okay. parents actually came up and picked me up when I was a small child, a baby, up in San Francisco, and then uh, raised me. They were very loving parents. Uh, my mom' uh, father had owned and operated a 700-acre dairy up the coast, uh, the Pio Scaroni place. Uh, he, Pio Scaroni was my great grandfather. Came from Switzerland. And he bought the 700 acres for $1,700 up the coast. Wow. So up until uh, I Not was, even $3 an acre. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. So up until the time I was 12 years old, uh, my grandmother had uh, part ownership in the property up there. We had 300 acres of beachfront and 400 acres on the other side of the highway there that went down Majors Creek there. Mm-hmm. Um, and beautiful, beautiful property. Um my uncle Joe Scaroni uh, had the, the dairy or the ranch back from that. And then we knew a lady called Katie Scaroni. And Scaroni is a very popular name in Switzerland. They weren't related, but they became good friends. And she had the, the Eagle Nest Dairy, which became the Red, White, and Blue Nudist Beach. And then I knew the people that owned that, the Edwards, and then that's changed hands since. So Somewhere in there was the... Swiss dairy or something, the the, the seven thousand, you know, the giant seven thousand acre that sold, you know, recently. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Oh gosh, well, I'm sure someone who's listening to us, Coast Dairies, I think Coast Dairies land. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be sort of an informal show, so any anybody who feels like calling in and chiming in and becoming part of the program, particularly talk about old-time Santa Cruz. That's what we're hoping sure. this thing will evolve into um, today, the well, program. Well, i got some great stories. 479-1080 is the phone number to call, or mz at ksco.com is the email to use, and that will connect you to the Saturday special. Now, my, my grandmother, Annie Scaroni, was P.O. Scaroni's daughter, and she was teaching school in a school 1 through 8th grade up off of uh, Highway 1, up the coast, and that is where she met Sam Annand, who was a civil engineer that came over from Switzerland, and um, he was working on the highway up there, and they got married, and then uh, they ran the dairy together. But the interesting thing here is Katie Scaroni had, had three brothers. She had Arnold, John, and Bill, and Arnold was blind. And they told my grandmother that it was impossible to educate Arnold because he, he couldn't see. Well, my grandmother learned Braille and actually taught him how to read and write. And from that on, they were very close friends, the Scaroni's brothers over there. And, and sure. My grandmother. So um, I had the privilege of uh, meeting, and, and actually I was a tutor uh, for uh, Bob Kinsey, who was the uh, chemical engineer who designed the cement plant up the coast. Really? Yeah. It was marvelous talking to him. Um, he was brilliant. Even in his old age, he was brilliant. But um, 
There was a period of time in Santa Cruz where everything was covered with cement dust up the coast. I can remember that. Right. When when I was a little kid, uh, my my parents would take us up to San Francisco many times using the Coast Road, Highway One, and it was like when we would drive through Davenport, it was like you were in a world with no color. It suddenly everything went from color to black and white, and everything was all just. St- uh, inches of dust on all the roofs. Right. I, so I remember that just so vividly. So um, at, at the time, they, what they wanted to do was put these scrubbers on, on the, the stacks of uh, the cement plant there. And um, <clears throat> I remember one conversation I had with Mr. Kenzie. And uh, he told me that he was the scientist that actually wrote the report it really condemned him to losing the cement plant and having to sell it to this big commercial firm that could afford the scrubbers. But he said as a scientist, he had to be honest. And he had to, he wrote the report that really kind of did him in as far as, you know, owning a part of ownership in the cement plant. But as a scientist, he was, he was just bound by duty to, to write the truth. And he, I remember the, the day he was telling me that, you know, and it's just these are the characters that built Santa Cruz, you know. Um, so what age were you and what age was he at the time? Uh, I was in my 20s and he was in his 80s. Um, he had suffered. Too so in the 70s, I guess it was, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, and, um, you know, he had suffered two strokes and a heart attack and he was still going out to Cabrillo to take computer classes and so he wanted to learn computers. And so there he was. He bought him, went out and bought himself an IBM PC and uh, we started to talk computer talk. And to, to, to a guy who was very much my senior who knew an awful lot about the technical side of computing. Yeah, that's amazing. We're talking with Andy Carcello. Um, uh, member of a Santa Cruz pioneer? I mean, long-time Santa Cruz family, just sort of like me. I can't say the Zwirlings are pioneer family like you can the McPhersons, for example. But, you know, we've been here since 1947, which was the same year that KSCO coincidentally went on the air. The weekend that my folks... Minus me, my, my folks and my two older siblings were arriving at the scene. My dad was here to check out an optometry practice that was for sale. And th- he, then he was going to go on to see two others, but, you know, they, they said, he said, hey, no need to go anywhere further because this is where we're going to stay. Were you and, involved with the Catalyst? Uh, I w- my father was part of the original co-op where he bought some shares because he thought it would be a great idea to buy um to, to to own a little piece of of this idea where a guy named Al de Ludovico another total character you know the guy who ran the original catalyst um and this place had it was it was supposed to be a place where you could get a real deli sandwich in Santa Cruz you know a place you know, that you wouldn't expect for 3,000 miles to have a good New York-style, you know, deli sandwich, a corned beef or pastrami or whatever. And that's what excited my dad. And they 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 were going to open it and did 
in the old St. George Hotel. Right. Um, you know, which was right across from my dad's optometry practice at 1527 Pacific Avenue. It's where ChefWorks is right now. And uh, the St. George Hotel is there, having been rebuilt since the earthquake. But, you know, I, I got to say, I, I talked about the, the old Catalyst re- recently at, uh, I guess, I don't know, was it last week or the week before? We were talking, we were asking the question, what were you doing when you heard that you know, President Nixon had resigned? And that's where I was. I was having lunch with my dad at, at the old Catalyst, He's sitting right next to the, the, the fish pond there, the, 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 the fountain that had some pretty nice sized goldfish. How'd your dad feel around. about that? What? Nixon resigning and whatnot. Um, he thought it was pretty cool, you know, because yeah. he didn't care too much for the guy. Um, and he was, even though Nixon had said, your president is not a crook. We all knew that he that. was a crook. Yeah. You know, but he, he was a crook that had some pretty good statesmanship qualities otherwise, you know. And that's why later on, by the time he died, they were sort of making a big deal about his pluses, not so much his minuses. So, but anyhow, that's, we were talking about that just within the last couple of weeks on the radio. And, and, uh, it, it got me thinking that what, what a neat place that was. Um, the, the old St. George Hotel was very dark and dreary, you know, on the Pacific side. When you come in the double doors. Right. You look in, you know, you see a bunch of forlorn older people, you know, who, who live there. And then you go through these doors to take you back into the solarium part of of the building where the catalyst was located. And then all of a sudden, you know, a yeah, lot of activity exactly. and fun and everything. And it was just the most unusual place. Um, but, yeah, I, my dad would hang out there and I would hang out there and lots of other people, you know, Santa Cruz characters would hang out there. Were you a little hippie kid? No, not at all. Uh, not not really. Um, I had long hair and a beard because I was in college then, or had just fi- no, I'd finished college because this was '74, and I got I finished college in, at UC Santa Cruz in 1972. So um, yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to figure out what the heck to do with my life. You know, I, I had majored in in uh, communications and an individual major. I thought I was going to be able to write my ticket, you know, and get a job in radio or TV or media somehow, because I had this great, you know, um, uh, graduation major called Politics of Communications. And I thought it would be the easiest thing in the world to get a job. But boy, was I wrong. No one, they said, oh, that's nice. Everybody was, that's nice. You have a, you have a, a BA from University of California, Santa Cruz in Politics of Communications. And and so, but nobody cared. It wasn't good enough to get me a job anywhere. So, after a while, I figured I had to sort of make my own way in the world, and so I became entrepreneurial. But so you bought a radio station? No, not then. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, um, back in '74, um, my last job before that that I had been laid off from was for teleprompter cable TV, and uh, I was I had been in charge of producing and hosting a 30-minute nightly news feature program on the local cable TV channel, Cable Channel 7. And there might be people listening today who remember that from over 40 years ago. 
Um, I, I have on my YouTube channel, ZBS Boss. ZBS Boss. If, if you, if you go to YouTube and then just put in ZBS Boss, a bunch of my videos will come up. One of the videos shows me, you know, anchoring one of those programs when I was 21 years old. Wow. I sound the same, but I don't look the same. I, now <laughs> I'm an old man. Then I was a good, not a bad looking kid, you know. Um, but yeah, those were the days, shortly after those days, when I lost that job. Not because I didn't do a good job, but because, you know, there was, there was no money in it for the company. The only reason they were doing that, they were having a local community oriented television station back in 1973, is because they had to, by law, in order to keep their cable TV franchise, which was phenomenally profitable. Nothing like it is today, in my belief. I mean, but, you know, cause you're, you, you, what people were paying back then were $5.40, was, was five dollars and forty cents a month for their cable TV. And now, just about everybody I know pays over a hundred dollars a month yeah, for their yeah, cable yeah, TV, yeah. just the TV. And the, may or may not have internet with it. So, what, what a, what a world. What a world is, is, it's, it's, it's become. But, um, yeah, thinking about the old catalyst and, and the, and the dairy ranches up up on the north coast, and Adolph's restaurant, Adolph's where they had the best, you know, oh, Italian God. food, and um, the the cook for uh, Adolph's used to be the cook down at the uh, Santa Cruz Duck Club. I don't know if anybody out there remembers the Santa Cruz Duck Club. Or sure, not. I do. But, I, I never uh, went there, but I, my friends, the Webers, used to go there oh, all yeah, the time. The Webers, Ed and Jerry oh, Weber, right, and there. right. They're still around for sure. Uh, the Marinis. Well, no, actually, Ed is not around, and Jerry is not around. They're gone. Really? They have been gone for a long time. Uh-huh. Kent Weber is the only Weber. W-E-B-B-E-R, that's still living. And Kent and I were contemporaries. We went to school together in kindergarten, actually. You know, but, uh, yeah, a lot of other people have, have, have gone, you know, uh, even the McPherson brothers. Oh, God. Uh, Fred, Fred and, uh, Malin, Dr. Malin McPherson and Fred McPherson Jr., uh, who was the publisher of the Santa Cruz Sentinel for as long as I can remember. Um, they passed, I believe, in 1993. Very close together, too. It was yeah, so they've been gone 20 years, yeah, uh, 20 plus years, actually. So, anyhow, uh, we're talking, we're reminiscing about old time Santa Cruz and, and some of the people and places and things and how, what a different place it was. There was no university back in, you know, pre-1965. Um, and Andy Carcello is, is my guest. Uh, and if you want to join the, conversation you're certainly welcome to call us at 479-1080 or uh, send an email to mz at ksco.com I'm, I'm actually just now bringing up my um my account my email account um so that i can see if there are any emails and if there's not then uh we'll just continue reminiscing as long as andy and i feel like doing you guys can eavesdrop if not participate uh, I, I've got to ask, since you were part of the UCSC University, do you, do you think it's benefited Santa Cruz, or do you think it's hurt Santa Cruz? Bo- it, bo- both. It's benefited and hurt Santa Cruz. Um, definitely. Um, the way it's hurt Santa Cruz is it's brought in an element of of what I consider unsavory type people. People that um, isn't that funny? You're interviewing me now, but I, I don't mind if you don't mind. No, I don't mind at uh, all. I, I, yeah, 
um, b- before the university, the, the the people that were running Santa Cruz were as wacko the other way, conservative, you know, yeah, as 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 they too. are as they are lefty now. Um, and um, I, I got to say, even though at the time. I poked fun at conservative people and thought they were stodgy old humorless farts. Um, and looked forward to a day when they were, when the place would be run by, you know, freer thinking people. Well, that came, but it went so far the other way where they became the, the people who run the place now are of the, what my father coined, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine persuasion. Exactly. And that's what made me more bound and determined than ever to um, get myself in a position to to run the radio station, the local radio station. Because when I was in high school, I did a show at Santa Cruz High on the Air, a weekly radio show. And it wasn't really talk radio. We didn't have people call in, but it was radio. And for those of us who were interested in radio, it was a wonderful thing. And I lost that one day because I made a noise that the owner, the par- managing partner of the station considered offensive. And, you know, it wasn't very serious. It was just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a raspberry, right? Right. Um, but it was so offensive to him that my budding high school radio career was interrupted. But years later, we became, we became friends, Mr. Berlin and I, and many years after that, almost a quarter of a century later, I ended up being in a position to acquire the radio station uh, and do with it what I thought should have been done a quarter of a century earlier, more than a quarter of a century earlier, and that's make it into a talk radio station for Santa Cruz and the Monterey Bay Area in much the way that um, KGO San Francisco which until, you know, two and a half years ago, which the, was the number one talk radio station in the country by far, uh, until the new corporate owners back then put a bullet in the goose that laid the golden egg and, uh, you know, just destroyed, just decimated that, that wonderful radio station. It was a good thing for us because, you know, people who could, you know, were in a position to receive KSCO, they started searching for another station. When they had, when, it, when the dial had been glued to 810 for so many years, suddenly 810 wasn't there anymore, at least the way they knew it. So they started searching around those who could, like people from San Jose South, you know, discovered us and started li- listening to us. And that's why, um, you know, that, the, 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 the meltdown of KGO News Talk 810 in December, starting in December of 19, uh, of uh, 2011, was a good thing for KSCO listenership and you know radio audio, radio advertising and so forth. But um, I wanted to do that. I wanted Mr. Berlin to do that back when I was 14 years old, and when I was doing the high school show in the 60s here. And I said, why don't you turn this into a talk radio station? The town's going to be changing tremendously. We're going to be having a university here. Branch of the University of California was just starting to open or had just opened. There'd be a lot of changes in the town. And he said to me, Michael, I don't expect you to understand this, but um, you don't take the loyal audience that you spent 
then 20 years building, because this was 1967 I had this conversation with him when I was a kid. Um, and uh, he, he had opened the station in 1947, so he had a 20-year you know, uh, history of having built a loyal audience, which at that time was older people who liked to listen to Montavani type, you know, elevator, you know, background music, not talk radio. And I said, geez, you can make this a much more vibrant station, you know, and, and become a forum for people to talk about the town and how it's changing and how it should change and all that kind of stuff. And he said, nah, Michael, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, cast our loyal audience to the wind. And I was pretty smart, but, you know, and if he had done that, I don't think, I think the station would have grown to a point there's no way in the world I would have been able to buy it 24, 25 years later because I think it would have gone into the values of many, 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 many millions of dollars. So things happen for a reason or don't happen for a reason. But getting back to your question that you asked me, has, has would Santa Cruz be a better place has it is it a better place because of the university or a worse place because of the university? Basically, what you ask me. Um, I can't, I, it's a better place and a worse place, and the way in which it's a worse place is that it has it has drawn an element to the community which um, uh, I don't care for. You know, call me a bigot. Call me. A, you can, people will call me a racist, but it's not true. You know that people are always looking for reasons to call people racists. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think it has it has it has made Santa Cruz more of a prosperity-free zone than if the university had not come to Santa Cruz. I do believe that. What do you think out there, KSCO land? That's a great. Great question you pose. Well, you know, from what I see, these these are like educational m- megalopses out there that consume a great deal of resources, and I just wonder if they're worth it. The water in Santa Cruz is an issue. Uh, sewage, yeah, and is an and they're issue. not. The university isn't subject to the rules that you and I are subject to. They're they're above the law in every way. They don't have to go to the planning department. If they want to build, no matter what they want to build, they just go build it. Yeah, they see. It doesn't it. matter what the effect, what the impact is on the, uh, on the infrastructure and the water and the sewer and everything. They get to, um, you know, they get to, uh, to, you know, they live by different rules, basically no rules. Let's go to the phones, 479-1080 <clears throat> in area 831. If you're outside the area code, uh, uh, if you're outside of 831, and you want to participate in the KSCO Saturday special, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, yeah, I already have some emails here. So, uh, And if you want to call us again, the number is 831-479-1080. We're talking with Andy Carcello uh, as my special guest today. We'll get into, uh, well, we'll just see what happens. Sure. We'll just let it unfold, okay? First caller, Bill in Santa Cruz. Hey, Bill, welcome to the Saturday special. You're on the air. Hey, MZ, it's been a long time. Uh, I went to school with Regina, and everything you said about the university is absolutely 100% true. Um, a lot of yeah, good, a lot of good, and I'll, I'm probably a little more bad, I think, you know. But. I agree 100% because, uh, I'm a few miles down the road ahead of you, uh, in years, and I remember when you could live here, 
all year round. Rent was affordable. Everybody did business with everybody. The only time we had any craziness was uh, when the boardwalk was open, and the rest of the year we had a beautiful, happy, wonderful little community. I went to the Navy in 61, and God, what culture shock. My town I didn't recognize when I got out in 65 and came home. So only four years later you noticed a dramatic change, huh? Oh, God, yeah. There was a bunch of goofy people here when the boardwalk wasn't even open. <laughs> a bunch of goofy they, people. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting here. I come home, and um, and I was proud. I came home with my uniform, my discharge, my honorable discharge, and all that good stuff. And people are calling me a baby killer, spitting on me. And I didn't even know what the heck was going on. A baby killer? Why were you a baby killer? Because I came back. I was a veteran that came back from uh, Vietnam. Oh, so we're, you're not talking about, you know, how, I was gonna, how would they know what your position on, on abortion is? But, yeah, just I see what you're saying now. Yeah, but they don't, you know, they don't under, you know, they, they I didn't understand what was going on because I left and uh, everybody was, proud of me because I volunteered and joined the Navy, and then I come home and people are sitting there telling, saying all kinds of crazy stuff, and I didn't even know what was going on. So you went to Navy. school with my sister, Regina. Yeah. What's your last name? Minuti. M-I-N-U-T-I. Okay, my dad. Great. In fact, you were talking about the St. George, and he, back in the day... Frank. The, uh, Frank was your dad? Yeah, and then my, Frank, uh, when he was my hair, he was my barber there when I was a little kid. No, he was everybody's barber. He had really, yeah. I remember he had really hairy forearms. Yeah. Super yeah, hairy he, forearms. I was thinking, you know, you should be a barber for yourself. Yeah, you know, he was I remember he was thinking that when I was a kid. So, <clears throat> anyhow. <laughs> what was funny was, everybody got a kick out of uh, the Italian gentleman that would tell Italian jokes. And the joke was, he was Sicilian, and in that, back in those days, there was a lot of difference. Sicilians didn't consider themselves Italians, even though it's been, what, 150 years now since Italy actually acquired Sicily, but uh, before that, it was their own country, and for a long time, they thought it. So he would tell Italian jokes. Everybody thought it was funny, but the funny thing was... He was Sicilian, so he wasn't telling jokes about his people. He was telling jokes about the Italian people. Well, so now that you've brought it up, why don't you tell a few uh, Italian jokes? Uh, I don't even remember most of them. Do you know any, Andy? Not but off the top of my head. Does anybody out there have an Italian joke? Call 479-1080 in Area 831. we got to get some humor into this program, you know? we got to do took, that. You were talking about Adolph's Restaurant. Yes, I remember back when it was down on Front Street. I do, too. And then uh, they got the car. But I took when um, when the uh, Nico and Louis, the, the, the Jewish, I'm not Jewish, but the uh, Greek brothers that took over Adolf several years back before it went under. Yeah. I took an interesting picture. I'm going to drop you. I'll drop by the station next time I'm in the area. Uh, well, I'm not that far away. But. I took a picture of the Adolf sign. It's Adolf's restaurant, lunch, dinner, and cocktails. And between the S from Adolf's and the R, I captured a full moon. Oh, I bet that's a beautiful photo. Can't wait to see it. Yes, yeah, so I'll probably, bl probably black and white, right? Of 
course not. 35 millimeter. Oh, color? Color. Oh, great. Okay, well, Bill, can't wait to see that, and thanks for calling the Saturday special, okay? Hey, thanks uh, thanks again, Mike, and you're doing a great job, and I appreciate it. Well, you're very kind and to say that. Thank you. Uh-oh, I think I cut him off. by. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. But here's Greg in Santa Cruz. Hi, Greg, you're on KSCO with Andrew oh, hey, MZ. Great. Hey, great show this morning. Uh, you know what? Did you, hear some, did you hear that somebody won the grand prize in the uh, Italian lottery last week? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't hear that. Tell, tell yeah, us more. yeah. Yeah, a dollar a year. For a million years! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's great. Hey. You had already called before we put the word out for a joke, so you must have something else you want to say. Yeah, um, I, I called a couple of years ago. We were talking about the university. I don't live in Santa Cruz. I'm in Capitola, and I don't know all the particular details. But my argument was is that financially, I'll bet that the university is uh, very helpful to the community overall absolutely that, yeah, number one employer I think, I think yeah and i think that it's probably helped a lot of tax base because i i've always thought the santa cruz is kind of stupid about their politics about the way they are anti-growth and whatnot and yes. i'm not sure about the whole thing but yes and then i think the main problem is i used to pick up hitchhikers years ago you know and um you can hear some interesting stories i don't anymore but um a lot of these people would say that santa cruz is almost world famous because the way it treats the homeless people or something uh is has gotten a reputation far and wide so that the word gets out on the street that Santa Cruz is the place to come and so by being kind and helpful you sort of create this funny little you know attraction and i think most of the problems i think anywhere a university comes you're going to get a liberal bent or whatever you know which doesn't bother me but i can understand how it could bother other people yeah but i think i think most of the problem is the uh, just the hangout thing or something like that because I don't feel comfortable around there and I'm a I'm a you know it's, it's gotten better but um I I just I, I just think that the university is is probably a very good thing for the community and uh, I'm not saying I, I won't go as far as to say I wish it hadn't happened I, I didn't say that no no you didn't. I, you know, I didn't say that although I did say that there are you know in my mind more negatives than positive and I do believe that um uh, but the the but but what the positives were are pretty significant positives. So, you know. and and I think the, the housing cost thing. I think that's inevitable. That happened. I was ba- I was raised in Saratoga, Los Gatos, with all orchards over there. I'm 64 now myself. But um, the same thing has happened everywhere. You know, you go back to your old hometown, wherever that might be, and you know the world has changed, and property values have gone up. And bottom line is, the most on the coast, the most desirable climate on the coast. Is going to be the highest property value. So I don't know sure, that sure, because the world knows about it. But I'm I'm just wondering if there hadn't been a Measure J or a Measure O, both passed in 1976. Measure J was growth management or growth control for the county, and Measure O was growth management, growth control for the city of Santa Cruz. I'm wondering if the prices would be the same or less if 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 economics had be had been allowed to flow freely instead of be constrained constrained i think led to higher less affordable property values yeah yeah now, there, are, there are those who are listening to me right now who would say you know mz that's crazy you know it's a it's the desirability factor and that's it you know more time goes by more people tell their friends they get visited in this wonderful mediterranean climate oh my god this is great you know so i should move here too 
And, you know, enough people move here. It doesn't matter whether they have growth management or not. The prices are going to go skyward. So I don't you know. know That's a very interesting topic. Four seven nine ten eighty. Why don't you chime in on that if you got a thought? Well, yeah, it, it kind of uh, brings up the subject of rent control in Santa Cruz. Oh my God! It happened three. T- I mean, it was attempted three times that I know of, and each time it went down to progressively more startling defeat. Now, go figure that one. When you got lefties running the place, when you got what's mine is mine, what's yours is mine mentality people, who are the same people who, you know, um, are not at all um, uh, open to allowing, you know, people with money to make more money, <laughs> you know. I don't get it. I don't understand why rent control never passed in the city and county of Santa Cruz, except for mobile home. You know, anyhow, four seven nine ten eighty. Got an email from Ken um, uh, regarding Skip Littlefield. Remember that name? Oh my God! Uh, okay, Skip Littlefield was like Mister Historian, you know, and he was uh, a major part of the Santa Cruz Seaside Company, the Beach Boardwalk. He was talked about a lot when he passed, uh, and he was given a front page obit in the Sentinel. Just wondering if you or Andy know much about him. Well, I obviously know more about him than you do, Andy, sure. but, uh, and I did know him. I met him several times. And in fact, he lived down the street from me on Walnut Avenue where I grew up. Um, and, uh, although I never saw him there, I only saw him at his office at the Seaside Company. Um, uh, the go- email goes on to say, I know he was a big local type. Other than that, I know nothing about him. So, um, you know, when you bring up the subject of what's yours is mine and what ours is mine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. When you when you said that, I think of that poor woman who has that wall that everybody's writing graffiti on out there. What is it? in Aptos. And they want to make it public domain. And it's just, it seems like this is this woman's property. I mean, how dare these people... You know, want want to go in there and just make this this woman's property theirs. How um, did I miss that? You, I, I agree with you if that's the case here, but uh, yeah. So that, that yet another topic. And by the way, uh, we're, we're going to start a new thing today. After the top of the hour, after the top of the second hour of the Saturday special, we're going to have a little segment where where people. Where we want people to call in and suggest topics for future Saturday specials that they would like to hear with appropriate guests and so forth. That might be a really good one right there. Hey, let's go back to the phone now. Um, Joan and Ben Lohman, welcome to the KSCO Saturday special with Andy and MZ. Hi, MZ. Hi. Um, I wasn't going to call because of my long list of things to do today, but the discussion of the university and Measure O and Measure J and all that caught my attention so I had to call. Um, I've lived in the area since 1961. We moved to Boulder Creek in 1961 when my ex-husband worked for the Lockheed Test Base. So I've lived here a long time. I remember the old Catalyst. It was a great place. Um, but I disagree with you about Measure O and Measure J and some of the issues related to the university. I grew up in Orange County in Southern California. And I remember that there, there were no restrictions on growth, and everybody knows what happened to Southern California. Yeah. 
Uh, And because because all due respect, I don't mean to interrupt you, Joan and Ben Loman, but what a different place. Nothing but miles and miles and miles of flat, easily developable land. Here in Santa Cruz, you have mountains and you have just strips of land between the mountains and the and the ocean. Right. So it's sort of a whole different thing, but go ahead. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've seen that because in Ben Lomond and in the valley between Boulder Creek and Fountain, uh, there's constant pressure to uh, build. And environmentally, the mountains, the sandstone, the very earth itself, the trees, the weather precludes uh, big developments and building. It, there, I believe, you know, there are capacity levels on parking lots and buildings and gathering community halls, but there never has been considered a capacity level on the environment or an area. So I, I'm really concerned that people use some brains and some science and some education when they consider, you know, developing and just unrestricted growth because Developers sure aren't going to push for money and greed are going to push. They'd build anywhere. It doesn't matter, even if it's unsafe, like Love Creek. That that was never supposed to be built on. And so I think that even though you can argue uh, that there are some economic consequences to restrictions on growth, that maybe that's part of your choices. If you want a quality of life that doesn't bring freeways and massive, you know, what would you do? Have 100-story apartment houses all over the coast like they do in parts of Asia? Hey, wait you know? a minute. Joan, I'm not saying I'm I'm in in favor of, of unbridled growth and no zoning laws. My God, we have zoning laws, and that those zoning laws preclude that right now without measure well, D, without should. measure O. It should if it's not, if it's enforced. But I live in areas where zoning laws are ignored all the time. So, Wait a minute, you live in Ben Lomond. And, and I live in the valley, and <laughs> you, this place is famous for for going around building codes and ignoring zoning laws. And, and, and why do you think that is? Because, because complying with building codes and zoning laws is so outrageous and takes and, and destroys your, your 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 wealth, takes all the money that your family worked for and gives you nothing for it. Talk about we're not we didn't get into that, Andy. But that's basically what well, happened I, to your family. Well, I I agree, for a different but reason. that's I agree, but that's the way it's carried out governmentally, and the whole all the criticisms about the way bureaucracy fails people. So I I Joan, I, I have taken a, down your phone number, and I cannot wait to have you on as a guest on the on, on a on a, oh, on, on a future on a future. No, the reason is because you're very articulate. And you make very good points, uh, and you can express yourself very well. Well, that's being articulate. So, (laughs) but, but I really want to do a program about growth management. And you are definitely in favor of the government controlling growth, and I am definitely not in favor of the government. It depends on, I would not be so blatant as to say I'm in favor of government controlling growth. I think government should be the people. And I don't know that the people are in charge of government anywhere nowadays. Well, the people voted uh, both Both measure A minority of people vote. That's the issue. Okay. Yeah. So I think... So I'm going to keep your phone number. And if you can remember, if you can remember to please jog my memory, just send me an email when when you're near a computer. What's your email again? MZ at KSCO.com. 
Okay. And just I say, I'm, I'm Joan and Ben Lohman, and I want to take you up on, on the idea of participating in such a program, because you would be great. You'd be I think we try to simplify our very complicated issues of today's world too much, and I think it does take a great deal of discussion. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for starting it right here on AM 1080 KSCO, hopefully your favorite radio station. It is. Okay, great. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Uh, here comes uh, Bob in Carmel-by-the-Sea. Hi, Bob in Carmel-by-the-Sea. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to share my favorite uh, Italian joke, but it includes everyone else. Do you know the difference between heaven and hell? Uh-uh. Well, if you die and go to heaven, you eat French food, the English are the police, you drive a German car, the Swiss are organize it, and the Italians are the lovers. If you go to hell, you drive a French car, you eat English food, the Germans are the police, the Swiss are the lovers, and it's all run by the Italians. Ooh, okay. Now, that's not a joke. That's the truth. I know. All right, I'll let you go. Thank Thanks. you very much, Bob, for calling 479-1080. That opens up, uh, uh, there's nobody on the phone. That means this program is boring everybody to death so that the, 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 the audience has dwindled to a size of fewer than a hundred. Because they say that, that only one percent of the people who are listening, um, you know, even, uh, bother to call the radio station. Uh, gentleman here wants to speak to you about important concern. Can you see him at your at the break in a minute or a minute and a half. Oh, good. The phone is ringing. Aaron, the phone is ringing. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to answer it. Who is this? Hello, you're on the air. Who is this? I'm there. I had to turn off my radio. Okay. Who, who? Sorry. This is Sandy in Capitola. How do you do, Sandy? Thank you so much for calling the Saturday special well, and giving just... me a human to talk to. Besides there Andy. You go. I mean, on the phone, I better shut shut my mouth. I'm digging the hole here. I, I, I just listened briefly, but I'm with you that I think the growth policies are a, of an anchor around everybody's neck here. And I moved to Capitola 16 years ago, and I commute to San Jose to work. And when I think about... Everybody, you know, everybody has such a uh, apoplexy about some little minute thing that may or may not cause cancer. And ever since they didn't develop Highway 17, they have condemned all us poor people who must commute for a livelihood to that treacherous road. Right on. How many people have been killed, including that poor boy a few weeks ago, in that big pileup with that truck. We, we have to hold you over till till next hour. Are you willing to stay, or will, will you call back? Either one, but we got to go I, to the news I, now. I'll call you back. Okay, great. Okay. KSCO Santa Cruz, uh-huh. Salinas, Moderate, San Jose. It's 11 a.m. Back in six minutes. CBS News. I'm Pam Coulter. A rally on New York Staten Island today to remember the unarmed black man who died after being arrested on a city street. Eric Garner's death was blamed on a police chokehold. WCBS reporter 
Palmer name. A lot of the chanting in the crowd comes right from what we heard in that tape. We've heard people chanting over again, I can't breathe. It is a substantial crowd here, hundreds, uh, maybe into the thousands here gathering. We were at a church service earlier, the Reverend Al Sharpton keeping up the message that violence will not be tolerated. As he said, if you're upset, uh, too upset to be nonviolent, he told the gathering there in the church, stay home. Poetry can make you laugh or cry, and it may be having a calming effect in the Missouri community that was torn apart after the police shooting of a black teenager. CBS's Steve Futterman. He is in Ferguson reading his poetry. Why aren't our kids safe in this place we call our home? 22-year-old Marcellus Buckley comes almost every day to the protest area. We walk these streets for all of our children. And brothers and sisters. In some cases, he believes his poetry has had a calming effect even among the police. It made him lighten up a little bit, I feel like, because every time I walk past him now, it's, hey, Mr. Buckley, how you doing? You hanging in there? A poet and police coming together. Steve Futterman, CBS News, Ferguson, Missouri. The Russian convoy that entered Ukraine without permission is gone now. CBS's Cammie McCormick in Kiev. The lines of Russian trucks stretched for miles as they recrossed the border from Ukraine. The checkpoint at that border crossing is manned by pro-Russia separatists, so there's been no inspection of the trucks. It isn't known if they're bringing anything out of the country or even exactly what they delivered. The government here in Kiev has accused Moscow of seeking to rearm the rebels. The head of the CDC is planning to visit West Africa just as the Ebola epidemic is growing. There's an invisible caseload of Ebola patients in West Africa. The World Health Organization describes as invisible people who have the deadly virus but are under the radar and undetected by government surveillance. The WHO says two treatment centers recently opened in Liberia were immediately overwhelmed by patients not previously identified, suggesting the epidemic that's already claimed more than 1,300 lives will be far bigger than feared. Larry Miller, CBS News, London. If you're planning to fly overseas soon, you may want to keep tabs on the volcano that started erupting in Iceland. The country's raised its aviation alert to the highest level because of the possibility of an ash cloud. Icelandic volcanologist Melissa Pfeffer says it will depend on how much of the eruption comes to the surface. The winds for the next two days are traveling from the north towards the south. If we did have the eruption breaking through the ice cap now, it is possible that the eruption cloud would influence cross-Atlantic flights. A 2010 eruption snarled air traffic for days. This is CBS News. Every footballer at every club, every hero we know and love, every bloke who takes a spill, every lovely bit of skill, every keeper getting stick, every through ball, every flick, every ace in the hole, every stunning, brilliant goal. For every thrill supporters seek, the Premier League is every week. Watch every Premier League game live on NBC and NBCSN. Every match, every team, every week. Big data may be just another overused buzzword, but storing, sharing, protecting, and recovering big data is a big deal to companies, big or small. Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement solutions for data protection and disaster recovery, email archiving, file sharing, and e-signing, all designed to protect big data and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com slash big data. You're listening to KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340 LaSalva Beach, Watsonville. Four minutes past 11 a.m. on Saturday, August 23rd, 2014. 
62 degrees at KSEO Studios. Your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, with your local King of the Hill traffic, Central Coast Weather, brought live to you. Taking a look at your roadways in and around Santa Cruz, all roadways seem to be traveling up into the limit with no signs of any delays. This includes roadways in and around Santa Cruz as well as major highways 1, 17, and 9 in both directions. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast weather forecast for today, continuing with partial clouds and potential drizzle throughout the rest of the morning. Although from my viewpoint, it doesn't look like that's going to be happening out there, ladies and gentlemen. Highs are said to be reaching the mid-70s by the early afternoon with south winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Your northern Monterey Bay Central Coast boaters forecast for your coastal waters. North winds 10 to 20 knots, wind waves 2 to 4 feet, mixed swell northwest 6 to 8 feet at 8 seconds and south 4 to 5 feet at 13 seconds. This is KSCO AM 1080 Santa Cruz, KOMY AM 1340 La Selva Beach, Watsonville. Stay tuned next for hour number two of the Saturday special brought to you by Los Animas Concrete, California Grill and Reverse Man Dan. Dave Michaels is here with us today from 10 a.m. to about 2 p.m. Selling longevity outside at our KSEO garage. Stop by and pick up a pack of any one of our fine longevity products. Hour number two of the Saturday special to start in a moment, but now a word from our sponsor. It's your money. Homeowners 62 plus, the equity you have in your home is money in your bank account. Hi, I'm Dan Casagrande, the Central Coast Reverse Mortgage Expert. With a reverse mortgage from Reverse Man Dan, you can use your money when you want, for whatever you want, and you will never have to make a monthly mortgage payment. Hi, I'm Susan, and I'm from Santa Cruz. Dan Casagrande sold me the reverse mortgage. It's allowed me to have extra money to go on vacations and for special projects that I needed them for. And I've just been delighted with it. Your equity is your money. A reverse mortgage with me, Reverse Man Dan, will give you access to your money, and you will never have to make another monthly mortgage payment. Call me, Reverse Man Dan, and I will tell you how much money you can have right now. 831-423-2900 or ReverseManDan.com You mean it's... You mean no cue? I mean, that that was the cue, I guess. Huh? It was. That's what I said. Did I screw up? You did, but that's okay. We still love you. So you mean I wasn't here when I was supposed to? What? Isn't it six minutes? Don't, don't we go on six minutes after? Yeah, well, that was before we had a paid sponsor in our slot. <gasps> oh. By the way, thank you for bringing that up. Paid sponsors are wonderful things. Aren't they? Yeah. Because they, their pay to us makes it possible for us to be on the radio to entertain and inform and alert you, you people out there. By the way, something else allows us to do that too. Sales of longevity products which are good for you. Forget about what it does to us or for us. Keep, in other words, helps us keep the doors open, just like selling advertising, um, you know, on the radio does. Today, 
at 2300 Portola Drive, not only do we, do we have my great mom Kay here with her, um, her right, you know, pen holding hand just raring to sign autographs and inscriptions for books that you either purchase or, or win by buying enough longevity products. Um, and you got the longevity products with with the the longevity commander, uh, Dave Michaels here, and we got tons of stuff, tons of great stuff that's really good for you. In in not not the least of which is the only four calories per sprinkle on your tongue product called Root Beer Belly Probiotic Sprinkles. Just sprinkle on your tongue and enjoy. Root Beer Belly has five key probiotics. Lactobacillus acidophilus, Lactobacillus plantarum, Lactobacillus rhamnosus, and Bifidobacterium breve, B-R-E-V-E, and Bifidobacterium lactis. Now, all this is hard to pronounce, and I probably mispronounced each of them, but they're just so, um, they just sound so official that they've got to be good for you, right? And root beer belly, uh, strains are more capable of binding and cultivating, providing your body with the support it needs. Now, why do they call it root beer belly? Because it, it comes in these tiny little packets they are about an inch and you tear it open, and you dump you dump the crystals on your tongue, and it's got the most incredible, unmistakable taste of root beer. Did you try? I I, I sent it over to you. It's it's too hard to open. I haven't tried it. Oh, oh I got to turn a, on your mic. Go ahead. Oh, I'm a big believer in longevity products. I, I've done the Osteo FX now for a couple months, and uh, it's made a tremendous difference. And I'm disabled. I don't have a left hip joint for one thing. And uh, a couple months ago, I decided to do some volunteer work at the homeless garden over there. I walked three miles over there, worked a hard four hours, walked three miles back. And it's because of young Jim. Without a hip? Without a left hip joint, yeah. What do you have there? Uh, it's nothing. I, I uh, <laughs> if you want to hear the story, I why mean, why do people even have hips if you can get along without hips? I don't um, get it. Well, it, it, I give Dr. Wallach all the credit for this one. Um, I, his advice and his his longevity products have, have been a blessing to me. Wow. I mean, I had no, I knew that pussy cats could get along without a hip, because I had a pussy cat once named Useless. <laughs> and he kept falling from roof to roof. I had multiple, you know, shed roofs in my house yeah. on the hillside, and useless kept, you know, losing his grip. You know, you know even even a, even a, a pussy cat with strong claws, the claws don't work if if they're clawing into concrete, you know, concrete, you know, roof tiles, right? So he would fall and he would dislocate his hip. Ow. Yeah, and and so and and every time he do that. I'd take him to the vet, and it would cost me $100 for the vet to, you know, slap it back in, you know, maneuver it back into position. And finally, he said to me, look, I understand that this is not cool for you to keep bringing useless into me for for this, you know, for this procedure. Um, 
And so why don't we do, um, let me propose that you do a, a, a permanent fix. And I said, what's that? He said, let me do a surgery that will remove the head of the femur and useless's, you know, right hind leg, which is the one that kept falling out of joint. And so I said, well, what'll he do? He says, well, they do very well without it. And it was true. I let him do it. So, and, and I actually saw him do it. He didn't use a, a buzz, a little tiny buzz saw. He used a, a giant stainless steel um, chisel and a giant hammer. And he went, <coughs> and, and he actually presented me with the head of Useless's femur. How was useless after that? He was great after he healed. He was the the doc. The the vet was right. Was he a cat with a limp? Not even the slightest bit. It was unbelievable. So that made me say, well, why why is there even a a hip joint in? But only today, I would never have thought, why is there a hip joint in the human? Because I figured if a human lost his, you, you hear lots of stories about people going in for a total hip replacement. And they get their hip sawed off, their hip bone, their, the ball, you know, sawed off, and they get something, you know, smacked, hammer smacked into a new synthetic ball joint here, you know, pounded into into your bone, you know, where the marrow is, and somehow it it, it sticks. But I never thought until you came here right now to tell me you have no, why don't you have, might have something to do with money, but it sounds like you don't even, even if you would have had the money to have a, a total hip replacement, it sounds like it's not even needed. Well, when I had insurance, um, my mom came home from the hospital and I had to take care of her for a year so that, that I couldn't get my hip done. So, And now, um, if it ever comes up to a point of, you know, of me being really disabled and incapacitated by it, you know, I'd... I'd yeah, because three miles walking ain't disabled. No, it sure isn't. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, so, uh, I don't know, but I, I give Dr. Wallach all the credit for this one. Great. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, the guy's amazing. In fact, he was in town Monday and Tuesday. He was doing two seminars in San Jose, which were, they had to turn people away from the, uh, from the lecture hall because of the, um, you know, fire marshal. Because everybody wants to hear him, you know, do his thing. It's very different from the Dead Doctors Don't Lie radio program that we've been producing here for going on 18 years, right here from our bomb shelter. And we're on, Lots and lots of stations and lots and lots of internet stations and so forth. And so we're doing our best to help Doc Wallach spread his message, which a lot of people should uh, hear. Alan Rofer says, how can you identify an Air Italia airplane? You got me. It has hair under the wings. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good here. Okay, uh, Sandy in Capitola. Hey, Sandy and Capitola. Thanks for calling 479-1080. You're on KSCO. Oh, well, uh, MZ, I called a minute ago, and I just called back. Oh, good. And I, I okay, was good. Thank you for calling back. Lamenting all the people that had died on Highway 17 because of this short-sightedness. Do you know who Philippe Kahn is? Uh, right offhand, no. Philippe Kahn started a company called Borland. He started a company called Starfish. Um, uh, there's a state a company called Motion X. I don't know. Maybe that's an app or something. Mm-hmm. Philippe is an amazing person who lives here in Santa Cruz. Um, everything he touches turns to go- turns to gold. 
Um, he's a just a, a brilliant technologist and entrepreneur. And one day, I don't know, it must have been 12 or 14 years ago, um, I invited Philippe to come and do the afternoon drive commute program just once because he heard we were sort of switching people. And I said, he said, that, that sounds interesting. And I said, you want to do it? And he said, sure. Mm-hmm. So I said, why don't you come in and do it? And you decide the topic. So, that, you know, the next Monday, whenever it was that we did it. And he decided that he was going to make the topic of that three hours, the uh, Highway 17 and how it was, there was money available to widen it in the 70s that had long since gone away. And it was the money back in the 70s when the money was offered, the, the county people here in charge turned it away because they said it would be growth-inducing. And instead, it was death-inducing to a lot of his engineers who died on head-on collisions on that treacherous highway. And that's why when you brought that up just a, you know, a few minutes ago, it made me I wish I'd of, heard that program. Well, uh, if we can find a, an old record, it was, be, it was before we were automatically digitizing most of our programs. So, but if I can find a tape of that, uh, we'll, we'll put it up on ksco.com. So do they, excuse yeah. me, do, do they believe they can widen Highway 17? I, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't seem they, feasible. They did. Well, they had a bunch of money back in the, in the 70s. And, and Gary Patton and the people here who elected him, uh, or, you know, and who were his compatriots on the board of supervisors said, hey, that's nice, but uh, the last thing in the world we want is a safe highway here where it will really, you know, promote growth, which we don't want to do. And everybody's like, yeah, 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 Gary's right, Gary's right. You know, so. <clears throat> and it came you know, anyway. <laughs> exactly. With no infrastructure. Right. That's the it point comes, I'm making. Yeah, Sandy. Yes, and, and that's exactly it. And what we do, and all you hear are the drumbeat for the homeless, who we roll out the welcome mat to, and affordable housing. And their answer to affordable housing is to keep chopping up the land that's available into smaller and smaller little parcels and stick us on top of each other, which breeds contempt. <laughs> and it breeds disease, of- too. And, and, and it's true. It, it creates different kinds of traffic problems. And then what we do is we, we want people, we don't create any jobs that pay anything other than working for the government. And then those low-paying jobs we have to subsidize, you know, with Section 8 housing. And, you know, non-growth, as you know in your radio station, you cannot exist if you're not looking for some way to grow something either your longevity products, your advertising, you can't exist in a stagnant environment. That is true of everything in life. You are either growing or you are dying. And they I don't know why we don't repeal these measures. And it is absolutely right that you they have destroyed property values. If your grandpa had something... Now, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. No, no, i got to take issue with you there. They have... The, the um, any time you try to um, artificially limit the supply of something, as in housing units to rent or to purchase, the only thing that's going to happen for positive is that the value of those things that you are artificially controlling will go skyward. Right. So now, I, I respectfully with disagree with your statement that you made 
that made me interrupt you just a minute ago. Yeah, but what I was alluding to was what you said about your property that was outside this growth area, which you can know, which was your family's legacy. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Andy. You're not talking. I'm not. Yeah, this is MZ talking. Yeah, yeah, but that that you you suddenly have a piece of property with which you can do nothing. Oh, right, right. Okay, got it. That that's the uh, because of the limit. You you know you drive up the price in the controlled area and you kill the price. In the area where you say, well, you can't do anything, you know. It's like the gentleman you've had on several times who had the piece of property south of here that he couldn't build a house on. Uh, I forget his name. He's a lawyer well, in oh, yeah, uh, Oakland. Uh, Mike um, Shaw. Yeah, Shaw. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I have to run. But I think, you know, I don't know why. I mean, th- th- what we've done here is just insane. And the guy who said they're killing these engineers was exactly right. Yeah. But, and know, so anyway. know, I'm going to call Philippe and ask him to come back and, and, and you know, 12 years later and do an update on that. But Keep he, up the good work. Thank you very much. I've got Sandy. to go. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bye-bye. Sandy. There goes Sandy in Capitol. That opens up a line up. at 479-1080 in Area 831. Jaunty in Ben Loman. Hey. Jaunty, Jaunty is our Director of Internet Technology. How you doing, my friend? I'm I'm doing pretty good. It looks like uh, we've got a decent little bit of surf coming in today, so I'm a bit excited to go get out in the water. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Now, you and I were on a walk sort of uh, catching up on things that need to be done for ZBS Radio and KSEO and KOMY. And during that walk, uh, you know, a few days ago, you came up with an idea. Uh, you started telling – I don't know where that came from, and I said, uh-oh, now there's a topic – for the Saturday special or for some discussion on, on KSEO Talk Radio. What was that? Because my memory is. My memory <laughs> well, is. well M- MZ, for sure, it, it would be a, a relatively uh, perhaps controversial topic, but uh, you and I were sitting up on, a, on, on our bench up by wherever it is, Cal Stevenson. At UC Santa we're, Cruz. We were, after having we were watching through, through Poganip, yeah. We're watching these two um, these two young young bucks, and, and by that I mean actual deer. Um, just to want to clarify, um, and, and they were they were kind of out there just uh, just feeding on the grass, and we were uh, sort of mentioned something about what time of year it is, and that those two would be uh, uh, adversaries in the spring and whatnot. Um, and at at some point in time, I think you kind of you know half jokingly said you know perhaps they're perhaps they're a, um, perhaps they're a gay couple or something along those lines, and uh, and then we we sort of uh, pondered uh, the, the question of whether um, uh, homosexuality occurs in in nature, um, to to which I mentioned that uh, you know to my understanding I, I don't believe there was really much of a concept of homosexuality prior to about three hundred. AD, uh, and you said, really? And I said, I think it's something like that. And you said, well, that sounds like a very interesting uh, topic, but you'd have to go and research that a little bit. And I thought, well, okay, I, I can go and look that up. So, so I did spend a little bit of time looking that up, and I, I wasn't entirely incorrect in that in that um, uh, kind of assumption. Of course, there's many different cultures the world over, and I think I, think I was thinking more of uh, uh, Europe, the Mediterranean, the Middle East. Um, but when I went and actually looked it up, it was 390 A.D. that um, a certain Roman emperor, and forgive me, the name escapes me, 
uh, made a declaration that uh, made uh, homosexuality a, 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 a severe crime. Uh, one punishable in all kinds of, of, of weird and horrific ways. Sort of like attempted uh, suicide uh, uh, is a crime punishable by the death penalty. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Something along those lines. Well, there actually was a note that um, that after that decree, and I think this kind of alludes to um, the kind of strange, wonderful world that, that, uh, that, that we live in, um, where after that decree there was a... Uh, a whole bunch of, of slaves and, and other folks who went and opted for the uh, the opted to become Enochs, or they opted to be castrated, because in those days, if you were an Enoch, you were neither a male nor a female. I think that's so still the way. I think that's the definition. Although I'm not, I always pronounced it eunuch, but maybe you're right and I'm wrong. Oh yeah, eunuch. I think E U N I C H. Okay. Or, or no, E U E U N U C H. Is that the right spelling? Eunuke. You know, well, someone who doesn't have any balls, and someone uh, someone who doesn't have any any junk, and someone who doesn't have any any sex either way. Right? Is that well, if what, you're uh, if you're a eunuch, you're certainly unique. I always sort of thought. <laughs> but at any rate, if you're a eunuch, then you're neither male nor female, so you can uh, you know have relations with with whoever you like. Wait a minute. Shouldn't it well, be I know. an eunuch like instead of a eunuch? An, an eunuch. I think that's um. grammatically correct. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Dante, you didn't mean to knock you off track. No, no problem. You're you're you're, uh, you're you're correct to point to point that out. Uh, but uh, you, you know, we uh, I also kind of looked at the history of, um, of of homosexuality a bit, and it's it's kind of different within various different cultures. Um, the, you know, there's you know, there's a different story for the folks in in North America, for instance. Uh, most of the the Native Americans, um, if you if you had a kind of uh, preference that was more kind of what we might call bisexual or something like that, then you would usually be set aside, and they'd say, "Well, you're uh, um, you're somebody that has the the male and the female inside you bonded together, and that means that you need to be a shaman, basically, be a person of." Very high respect. They'd say you need to cast some you need to cast some spells for us and predict the future and things well, like that. I, I can get behind that. It's certainly a little bit different than you know what uh, what our contemporary society um, uh, can, considers. Uh, but there there was a variety though. You know, it's very very different in in, a, in different cultures. The Spartans, of course, um, in uh, uh, in in Greece. Uh, I mean, I don't know a lot of, if a lot of people realize this when they're watching 300, but um, their their tradition, at least the uh, the kind of elite class, the warrior class, uh, which was the ruling class, they um, they didn't live with their wives. They would live with their troop, uh, their essentially platoon of uh, of warrior buddies, and it was just understood. That, in fact, there's all these poems. There, there are these romantic poems uh, dating from Sparta where one warrior is saying to the other warrior, you know, oh, how your muscles shine and whatever, um, uh, and, and, and then some. Uh, and it was, it was their tradition that uh, your, your guy buddies were for, for pleasure and your wife was just for, to have kids. You'd have to kind of sneak away oh my God. and go be with your wife to, in order, to, uh, in order to, to have a family. Now, hold on, Jaunty. 
I wanted to whet people's appetite with this. I didn't want to actually do the program here because there are a bunch of people oh, on hold okay. now who really want to. Oh. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Wait a minute. Stay there. Stay there. Maybe the people, I'm going to lock you in here. And let's see what Steve in Carmel by the Sea wants to do. Do you want to talk about what Jaunty has brought up? Yeah. About the history of homosexuality? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Jaunty, I guess you succeeded in changing the direction of the show. You don't care, do you? No, do you, no, do not you, at all. Do you, all, Andy? No. Okay, and Steve, you obviously don't care because it prompted you to call. In fact, you do care. In fact, you would care if we went back to the old subject of Santa Cruz, right? Hey, Steve. Yes? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Julius Caesar was a epileptic homosexual. Uh, some people have lost that in history, but that is the fact that that's what he was. So I just wanted to. Well, my, my understanding make is there were debates going on in Rome where they were saying, "Is it is it good or bad to have?" And they didn't call it homosexuality or consider it anything like that. They were just sort of saying, you know, there's the male role, um, and if if you're you should either play the male role or or if you don't, then is that a good or a bad thing? Uh, there were and there were a lot of very high-ranking, powerful people who, you know, usually it was kind of a. a I mean, the Romans partied. Uh, the Romans really partied. They sure did. Uh, so, so they, you know, they'd have like a, 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 a week-long orgy or something like that, and you know what what happens what happens at Caligula stays at Caligula's or whatever. You you might lose your 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 life at hanging around Caligula for too long. It certainly might. The most of the Roman emperors were uh, they, they had a pretty uh, large head count. Well, Steve and Carmel by the Sea, do you think this would be a good full topic for a Saturday special? Yeah, I do, and I have another comment about, about just a comment that I've heard about homosexuality, but in general about life is: Did you have the question you pose to people is: Did you have a mother and a father? And that opens up a whole Pandora's box of debate. You see? Yeah. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong either way, because really, in the, in the fact, to me, the whole game, the life is a game, and, you know, it's been said it's all pretense. How could it be anything but? In other words, everybody's pretending to be what they are. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, basically... I can't wait to do this topic. <laughs> and we'll have Jaunty be on, and someone, who would be against Jaunty? People, maybe, maybe, maybe Doctor Stan. I don't know. I can't tell where Jaunty's coming from. Is he? I don't know if he's advocating homosexual rights or tolerating them or what, or what, or if he's against them. He's coming. Well, what are you, Jaunty? He's pretty bland. Uh, I'm, I'm heterosexual myself. <laughs> no, no, but what are you advocating? At least I sorry. think I am. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I think that, um, I think that what, what somebody does in their bedrooms, their business. I agree. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's everyone's. Um, I agree with that. I, I think now, that when who you would look disagree at with that? Would you, Andy? No. Uh, you know, whenever we talk about lesbians and, and homosexuality in Santa Cruz, the one thing I want to make sure of is that uh, everybody's safe. Whether you're a lesbian or whether you're gay, you feel safe in Santa Cruz. And that's the one thing I'm concerned about. Absolutely. Okay. Well, listen, Steve and... Uh, Thank you, thank you for calling okay. the Saturday special. I mean, okay, bye, bye, bye. Now let's see what Rick in Scotts Valley wants to talk about. Rick. Hey, MG. Hi. Hey, 
I had coffee with the other Mike this morning. And I just saw him. Hey. I just saw him, and I was going to so tell him, guess who's on the phone? But, but, he, but, he, but he's I, gone. I, right on. I haven't found John Friend, but I'm looking for him. Okay. And uh, I'll, I'll, round him, I'll round him up for you. We're going to have coffee but, maybe tomorrow and do, and do a wonderful hike at Fall Creek. If anybody in KSCO land wants to join us, you know. Right on. I mean, it, well, it was a wonderful hike that we did a week or two ago. Yeah. Anyhow, you're yeah. on. Okay. Uh, the, you guys got off on the other subject. Uh, well, now, Jaunty, who brought up the other subject, is still here with us. Do you want to continue that so- topic, or do you want to get back to the... Just comment on growth, regulation, and control. Okay. Okay, um, I was on the Planning Commission in the 80s here in Scotts Valley, and they put a, a control, a bill, I mean, an un, they weren't going to allow so many square foot of commercial to be built in Scotts Valley, and it was going to be passed, and it was going to go into effect on this date. Ninety days later, there was over 100,000 square foot put in Scotts Valley because of the people who owned the commercial property thought they'd never be able to build on their land because it would become a, a lottery issue. So they went out and they pulled permits and they put buildings in and expected tenant improvements to come later and went. And we've been, we've been under that dogma of trying to fill these buildings for the past two decades. And I got to compliment our council now because they are pro uh, business bringing people in, into this area. Yes. But, Control, when you start to control something and tell somebody they can only do so much, that's the bad part. Now, regulations, I'm a big proponent of the IBC and the CBC, the International and, Building and Code. And zoning and laws and building, building Absol- uh, you know, uh, uh, codes Absolute. and things. Yeah, so yeah and you can do general plan amendments. You can do variances. You can do plan, you know, uh, all the different things that you can do to move in another direction. As long as you do your applications and you know cut your trees down and save the historical ones, I'm all for that. But when you put a control on a person's property that they can't do what they want to do with it per the zoning and the codes, that's what causes all the problems. And so your guest, she alluded to that, but I don't know if she's really uh, got the two separated. I think you're talking Road about jo- Joan and Ben Lohman, yeah. And I, and I really right. I, I hope I don't lose her phone number here. I think she's going to send me an email. Because I definitely definitely want to have her on to do a program on that topic. Rick, thanks for calling the Saturday special. Always a great caller. Michael in Live Oak, welcome to KSCO with Andy and MZ. You're on. Yes, MZ. Before I get to my question, a few weeks ago you had put out a request for wanting to know the best thin crust pizza. Yeah. Well, I'm from New Haven, and there's an Italian area section of New Haven, uh, Worcester Street, <clears throat> and Sally's Pizza, I've never had better. I don't know if you ever get back to that part of the country, but... And it's in what? It's in the state of... In Connecticut. Connecticut. Go to That's right. So All right. New Haven, Sally's Pizza. I will make sure to go there next time I'm anywhere near that neighborhood. All right. Okay. All right. Now, right. would you send me an email so I'll have it in you know, mzkseo.com? I'm one of those Stone Age types without a computer. But you must know somebody with. Come, I do. Come I do. to me and I'll, to, at the radio station when I'm here, and, and I'll use my email to send myself an email from you. And this place is, is so atmospheric. It, 
It was started a long time ago, I think in the 30s, by an Italian family, and they have a, a brick oven, and there's pictures of Frank Sinatra and baseball players. It's like walking, you know, at a time warp. KSEO North is located in uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Or, no, KSEO North 2 is there. And every Tuesday and Thursday and Sunday, they have a wonderful farmer's market at the um, at the ferry building, you know, where all the ferries go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> that, don't laugh, Andy. Okay. Um, and one of the booths that they have there is a pizza, and, and I – Pizza. Uh, oh, I got their business card, and I called and or sent an email to this place. And all they do, they don't have a place where you can go. Dang it! But it's a six five zero phone number, so I think it's a San Mateo based operation. All they do is catering and um, and uh, farmers markets. And I was going to get in touch with them and say, yours is the best pizza I've ever put in my mouth. They, they cook it right there in front of you, a little individual size, super thin crust. It's got to be their their own sauce because you know, nothing in a can can taste like this. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. so good. It's like $8 for, a, for an individual good size serving. That's really all you need. And it's just out of this world good. And I'd love to see them at the uh, farmer's markets here. Yeah. Even even if they had, even if there was another pizza place. Yep. You know, really. So right. thank you, thank you for remembering yeah. that, and thank you for jogging my memory. Well, anyway, my question: I, I moved to Santa Cruz in 1982, and I think I heard that there had been years ago a train from Santa Cruz to San Jose. What do you know about that? Is is that true? Nothing. What do you know, Andy? Well, when you said train, I remember my mom telling me about a train that used to come down the coast that they used to take every day for a dime to come to the school with. I don't know about a train track going over to... Uh, over well, the there road. is a track, but it's been interrupted for many, many years in Zianti, you know, and tunnels that have been, you know, covered up and things like that. Uh, there's a place called Western States Atomic Vault. At least that's what it used to be called when I was a kid. It was one of those con- t- train tunnels that had been cut off and um, pre- um, climatized, you know, electronically to store very valuable um, items for, you know, government agencies and things. And as I understand it, they're still there with a lot more security. I was on a hike with someone in that vicinity, and we were talking about it the other day, Western States Atomic Vault. So th- there is definitely a train line that goes through the mountains, and I believe it go. It, traverses the entire, you know, what Highway 17 does. Huh. Nowhere near Highway 17, but, you know, it crosses the same mountain pass. So, yeah, let, let's find out if we have 20 minutes left of the program. So maybe someone who's listening who might have some information could call us at 479-1080. All right, and, then. Uh, and give us, uh, give us what you know. Very Thank good. you, Michael. And Thank my you. Book. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Uh, well, Jaunty... Um, if you're still here, um, I'm still here. Yeah, um, I guess we can continue along your line of discussion. Or, um, oh, you, I, was, you, I was just going to say, you know, actually, I had some friends who used to go and uh, in, in high school they used to go and explore those old train tunnels. My understanding is there's a there's a I mean, it could almost be reawakened a a, a railway that goes from San Jose to to, uh, to Santa Cruz. Uh, it's always kind of fascinated me the thought that you could uh, 
hop on, uh, you know, a potentially maybe light rail or something like that and just whiz straight through the mountains and, uh, you know, be over, be over the hill in, uh, 10, 15 minutes or something like that. Well, it better be, uh, in concert with a, uh, a nice terminal at Los Gatos or wherever it lets you out. You right, right, exactly. For it, to be, for it to be effective in getting people out of their cars. And I'll bet a lot of people would like to get out of their cars, if they could, who commute over the hill. Um, and I'd like to think that as time goes on, more and more people who have to commute over the hill now will be able to do their jobs via telecommuting. I'm sure you know the old story about the East Coast, where you used to be able to get on light rail in New York and get on and off light rail all the way to, to Chicago. But yeah. that was um, that was against the... Uh, uh, well, there was sort of a union between, um, my understanding is the Ford Motor Company and Big Oil, where they just ran a, a, a constant campaign to, to shut that down and decommission all of that uh, fantastic public transport that we used to have, in, obviously in favor of cars and, and, uh, and gasoline. Uh-huh. Well, uh, yeah, boy, there are all kinds of subjects, you know, that you can tie together here. So, um, well, um, it looks like someone is calling here on, uh, on, on one. Let's find out who that person is. Welcome to KSCO. You're on the air. Hi, this is Michael from Los Gatos. Hi. I just tuned in and heard your conversation about uh, the train that used to run. Uh-huh. What do you I live up about? above. Well, I live up above uh, what used to be the towns of Lexington and Alma, and those are now buried under... Well, not so much water now, but that was the plan when they built the Lexington Dam. Yeah, the train apparently ran up until the late 40s. And then they decided, uh, for whatever reason, to stop it. But they did build the Lexington Dam, which does go over part of the right-of-way. Oh, I see. Well, when was that built? When was Lexington Dam built? Early 50s, probably 52 or 3, somewhere in there. So I'm actually a little bit older, because, of course, I only would have been a baby. I was born in November of 51. And are you saying that for sure there was no uh, Lexington Dam the day I was born? I'm saying for 99.9% sure there was no okay. dam. Because yeah. I sure don't remember, for as long as I can remember. I can barely remember... Highway 17 being a two-lane road that took an hour to get from Santa Cruz to Los Gatos. I can remember that far back when I was about yeah. two, or th- two or three or something like that. But I can never honestly remember n- getting toward getting close to uh, Los Gatos and not seeing the Lexington Reservoir. I can't remember that far back. Yeah, I mean, I was conceived in 52, born in 53, and I don't remember any of that here. I wasn't here at that time. I didn't come down here until about 1960. I see. And uh, anyway, yeah, there was a train. It was uh, There was talk of reviving it uh, back in the 80s, but, of course, our friends in Santa Cruz County said, no, 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 we don't want a train coming in here and all that development it's going to bring. And then there was talk later of, uh, of course, the four-lane, uh, five, six-lane freeway going into santa cruz county in the 70s oh no 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 we can't have that so when there's an accident uh, a serious accident the whole thing shut down anyway um then there was talk of uh reviving or using uh the right-of-way or reestablishing the right-of-way to have light rail and again santa cruz county oh no 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 we can't have that coming over here <laughs> it'll bring too many people <laughs> 
get me out of here. Not not to mention the fact that all of those would help uh, the flow of traffic and they would help uh, cut back on, you know, automobile use and, and, and everything else. But, yeah, right. there's tunnels. Uh, the, the nearest one to me is uh, what they used to call Wright Station, which would be on the uh, northeast side of, of the Santa Cruz Mountains going up, following the creek up towards uh, Summit Road. Oh, Okay, yeah, it's, well, it's still you know, there. I'm, I mean, I'm going to start looking. Is it, can you actually go into the tunnel? You can illegally uh, when you trespass. <laughs> but San Jose Waterworks controls a lot of that area now. I see. They have for years. they got signs posted everywhere. But if you go down, I think it's Wrights Station Road or Wrights Road. Uh, if you're on Summit Road, say, going from Highway 17 towards uh, the Summit Store, uh, you would go down. In fact, there should be an entrance on the right as well, but uh, it goes under that, that uh, summit area there. Uh, I believe it's right. I think I'm going to go up there. I might go up there this afternoon or tomorrow and poke around. There's also a book. That would be fun, but I don't want to, excuse me, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to uh, run across, I don't want to surprise someone who's growing pot because it might, he might blow my head clean off, as Clint Eastwood would say. <laughs> That would be deadly. Blow your head clean yeah, fatal. Off. Anyway, if you follow Wright's Road, I believe, to the left off of Summit, going towards the Summit store, and you wind your way down, you come to a really old bridge that supports uh, automobile traffic. And off to your left, if you look real closely, you'll see a tunnel. Okay. I'm probably going to send a couple hundred people up there right now. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll meet you up there. All right. Hey, thank you very much. It was Steve, right? Michael, but that's oh, Michael, okay, okay Michael. <laughs> Steve is up next. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate right. it. Here's Steve in Carmel by the Sea. I'm sorry to call back, but I called to answer one of your questions about the train. Yeah, good. There was, a, there, was, there was a train that ran from Mount Madonna down into the valley, you know, east, whatever, down, whatever's east of uh, Mount Madonna, if it's San Jose or Gilroy, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. But it was a narrow-gauge railroad, and the guy who uh, whose father homesteaded up in... Uh, Mount Madonna in the 1870s, he told me that what about it, and there was a place people used to go up to Mount Madonna, and they would go take this train and go down into the valley, you know, that whatever that valley is in San Jose there, and they had a place where they would go, and they would have these parties that went on for days, and it was a narrow-gauge railroad, and, and there was a tunnel that when it, that it came through up Mount Mount Madonna, and that collapsed. That tunnel collapsed in a 1906 earthquake. So that was the end of that train line. Wow. Yep. But it was a narrow gauge railroad. Wow. <laughs> so I've taken too much time. No, you haven't. We, I love it when people. Normally, people who call back are subject to the death penalty. But we're yeah, but gonna, this guy. But we're going to waive that because you you added tremendously to the content of the program. Yeah, I asked the screener. I told him I'd already talked to you ten minutes before. But see, this guy. He died of a heart attack in his shower, the guy that told me in 1998, and he had to be, he was 89, and he took me up to this land on Mount Madonna, and he would, and I would help him work on it, and he originally homesteaded 40 acres, and then he got another 40, so he had 80 acres just on the top of Mount Madonna, just slightly on the east side where we could look down on San Jose and see all the lights at night, you know? And right. he told me about the he told me about the railroad. So you take some other calls. All right, thanks. Okay, thank you. Now let's Bye. go to uh, yeah. There goes um, uh, Steve in uh, Carmel by the sea. Here's Andy in Santa Cruz. Hey Andy, you're on KSCO. Andy, 
There's no... Aunt, wait a minute. How come there's a headphone? Uh, Andy, are you there now? Oh, I am. I am. I'm here. Okay, good. Yeah, you're on now. I don't know what that was, but you're on now. Well, all right. I'm I'm calling about the uh, railroads and tunnels, and uh, I I got kind of interested when I learned about the uh, tunnels that had gone through the Santa Cruz Mountains and uh, went up to the place that you were just talking about, the Wright Station uh, Road off of off of Summit, and um, unfortunately, it's it's now all fenced off by uh, the Santa Cruz, I mean, uh, Santa Clara Water District. Um, there are fences and signs that are very forbidding, uh, even even loitering, I think, in the area. Um, the the bridge that the previous caller spoke about is pretty interesting and, uh, um, you know, probably a good place to take some photos or something, but um, I wasn't able to actually see the tunnel entrance from... Uh, you know the legal area behind the behind the fence, but you can still see where the uh, tracks went and where the where the station was. You know, just sort of a, a flat graded area, and you can follow that up a ways, but you come to a gate there as well. So it's it, it, it's kind of a neat spot, but there isn't as much to see as people might. Well, I don't want to waste my time unless I can go into a tunnel. Or uh, like can go. That's not to say I would, because I might want not be scared to. But I want to know that I can. You know. There are still. Um, I, I think there may still be at least one tunnel opening somewhere um, out of out of I think four that were um, were around. Uh, one one's being used for. Document storage and uh, yeah, that's the Western States, States Atomic Vault in Zianti. Yes, and um, there's another one that I've, I've seen a photo of, but I wasn't able to uh, locate. All right, well, we're going to have to do a program that's well promoted in advance. So, thank you, Andy, for for calling the Saturday special. I really appreciate it. Sure. I also want to thank. Um, let's see, who do I want to thank? I want to thank uh, Ima or Ima Geimer. Um, I said, Mr. Z, here's the link the previous caller was unable to provide because the previous caller who talked about Sally's A Pizza in Connecticut, um, uh, here's the link that, that Ima sent me. Or I, I, I know I'm saying. Now, this is very interesting. Sally's A Pizza, um, a New Haven tradition since 1938. Sally's was established in 1938 by Salvador Consig. Consiglio, renowned for thin crust pizza, still baked today in the same coal-fired oven that has been in operation for over 75 years. Continuously operated since 1938, Sally's is one of the oldest uh, family-run pizzerias in the Northeast. Today, Sal's children, sons Bob and Rick, and daughter Ruth, still maintain the family tradition. Uh, Okay, this this is so cool. I, I, it gives a phone number, so I'm going to call. I hope I know how to do this. I might need your help, Aaron. I might need your help. So um, let me get on. Uh, let me get on the uh, VIP line, and uh, and. T- this happened once before. Here's the phone number. Would you get it? Would you get it for me? Huh? Can you see it? Uh, it's okay. We, we we can give the phone number out. You know, if a bunch of um, it's um, 
uh, it's um, where is it? Oh yeah, it's ter- area code two hundred three. Are you listening, Aaron? You getting it? Two hundred three two six two four two five seven one. Okay, and and you put um, <clears throat> so you're gonna get him on the phone here. All right, yeah, he, he's he's getting uh, he's getting uh, on the phone here. So what is it? Two o'clock back there? Or uh, yeah, well, it's coming up on three o'clock. So are we okay? Say it one more time. Oh, two o three six two four five two seven one. Okay, while you're dialing that up, I want to see if I can sweet talk him into. You know what it would take to get him to send that piece. It'll probably be all dried and shriveled up by the time it gets here. But if it's as good as Mike says it, Next we might day be FedEx. able. <laughs> we might be able to, to you know, put some moisture on it yeah. and rebake Throw it a or something. Water on it, warm it, it up, put it in the microwave. Yeah, Aaron, you know you don't have. They might get scared, so just put them on hold and let me get on with them. Okay, okay, this is good. Uh, uh, uh. All right, uh, okay. Uh, is this Sally's A Pizza? No, this is not Sally's Pizza, yeah. Oh, it's not? Well, it, it is, yes. It's okay, Sally's good. My name is Michael, uh, and I'm, we are on the air on a 10,000-watt radio station in Santa Cruz, California called KSCO. Yeah. We, we just put out, um, actually it was a couple of weeks ago, I put out a question is, where can you get the absolute best thin crust pizza around? And I meant around the Santa Cruz area. Yes. And one of our listeners called today, two or, two or three weeks later, and said, well, you know, the best pizza thin crust around in the world mm-hmm. is Sally's. And, and yes. I got sent, another listener sent me a link to your website, so that's how I got your phone number. Yes. Um, is there any possible way, do, do you ship? Is, I no, guess we is, don't, but I could put you on the manager. Hold on. Okay, good. Thank um, you. So, I, I listen. I, I just I was drooling all over the microphone. What What are you What are you saying here? Uh, you're going to make these people famous. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just all I want to do is stop drooling. Oh God, it sounds you know, great, on the microphone it? because it's oh. going to wreck our microphone. I got I to put Hello? this on mute. Yes, so sir. You can't hear my stomach. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Are you the manager or the owner? Yeah. Okay. I'm the owner, one of the owners. Huh? You're, you're, you must be Mr. Sally. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was you're, my father. You're Bob or you're Rick? I'm Rick. And was that Ruth, your daughter that I just talked to? No, that, that was Hannah, my daughter. Oh, okay, great. Uh, and uh, Rick is, um, so, so one of our listeners here in Santa Cruz, California, called the radio station just a few minutes ago to tell me that yours is the best thin crust pizza anywhere. Uh-huh. Is there a way, I was going to say, do you ship your pizza or, you know? No, unfortunately we don't. Well, we, we cook them, people have had them, you know, in fact I've had them out to uh, San Diego, out to, um, and up to Washington and Seattle, and up there they've, uh, friends would come in and we'd uh, cook them up, not complete, they'd freeze them and ship them up to, uh, or down to wherever. Okay, so if I call you back after the show, which is going to end in three minutes here, four minutes, 
uh-huh. can, can I arrange for you to do something like that for me? Because I, I just can't stand it. I got, I gotta taste your pizza. <laughs> and it will be, I'm sure it will, how, whatever it costs, it'll be less than a plane ticket, you know, to. Oh, is that, this is, this is for sure. Yeah. So, so, uh, so it's Rick and I will call you back, yeah? Okay. In, in a little bit. And that way we can, um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm gonna make, boy. I'm just I'm so excited I just can't even think straight. So anyhow, I'll be calling you back a little later on and we'll figure out how to make this happen. You'll sell me a half baked pizza and send it across the country, right? Right. I won't, it won't be half baked. It'll be almost fully baked. Well, you just got to preheat your oven and you know get the oil bubbling on it. Okay. Pull it out and eat it. Great. And then then yeah, if it's as good as Mike from Live Oak says it is, then it'll be terrific. And if it's not, then well, you know what? That be that. It's really unfair because it's being f- frozen and shipped. I, I know, and I will make allowances for that. Absolutely. You know, it'll sure probably be better than anything out here, anyhow. It's a, a high possibility. Right. You know, <laughs> probabilities, okay. high probabilities. Well, okay. but the um, the thing is, I tell people even when they they take them out here and bring them home, a couple, of, you know, twenty miles, fifteen miles, whatever it is. You're losing about 20% of the flavor. I mean, it's a different animal because once that box cover gets down and... If, if it was as good as our caller got me to believe that it, it is, if it was 90% less, if you lost 90% because of the shipping and so forth and because of the age, it would still be better than anything out here, probably. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, how did the where did the name A Pizza come from? It's Sally's A Pizza. A Beats. It, that's um. You know, well, you, some of you say it's, uh, you go out for a pizza. Yeah. So you're going out for a pizza. Sally's a, Sally's pizza. a pizza. Oh, okay. All right. That, that makes sense. That's good. And then there's others that are saying it's part of the dialect of Italian. Uh, Pronunciation for pizza. It's a pizza. Got it. Okay. And I have an Italian person here, Andy Carcello. Yeah, I can hardly wait. Yeah, he's all he's all drooling too. And I think our, I'm. I, I'll bet some of our listening audience, uh, our vast listening audience, is drooling. Anyhow, th- uh, thank thank you very much, Rick. I'll be in touch with you very shortly. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Bye. Uh, okay. Now, uh, what is Jan want? What do you want, Jan? Hi, I just wanted to let everybody know who wants to research the train that it was called the Sunshine Special. Sunshine or Suntan? I think it was. A I think it's Suntan. It was one or, one, one or the sun other. Suntan. I think it's coming back. Anyhow, thank you so much You're for calling and adding to the uh, program. That was Jan in San Lorenzo Valley. John, T, are you still there? I am still here. Okay, well, we're going to schedule a program on the history of homosexuality. Oh, I guess I got a lot of research to do. You sure do, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, yes, but uh, they say it's very rude to clear one's throat on the air. And they're right. Um, but I think it's time to end the show. Thank you very much for being here, Andy. God, it was a pleasure. It was uh, an absolute thank pleasure. you to uh, Rick and, and Joe. Oh, here's the reminder from Joan. Hi, I'm Joan and Ben Lohman. You asked for a reminder related to our growth discussion. Good, 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 good. This is perfect. All right, so what do I do here? I want to play.